0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now, welcome Pastor Terry Drost with today's message. So I wanna say to you today, I declare war. Why? Because you're in a war, whether you wanna admit it or not. Can you say amen? C.S. Lewis, the great writer of yesteryear, one time said, the world is not a playground, it's a battleground. How many of you found that to be true? It's not a playground, it's a battleground, okay? It's just like the ship, but you know, the, the body of Christ is, is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. Everyone has an assignment, everyone has a work to do, a job to do, okay? And so the scripture presents three different sources of conflict. Let me just go ahead and mention these at the outset of this message. The first source or area of conflict that we have is with our adversary, the devil. How many would agree that there is a real devil? And he doesn't wear a red suit with a pitchfork and have little cute little horns on Halloween time. But the Bible says, Jesus said, 1 Peter 5, 8 said, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. How many know Jesus turned to Peter, the same Peter who wrote that, and said, Peter, saint desires to sift you as wheat. So, there is a real enemy. what kind of a preacher would ever not believe that there is a hell to shun? and yet this has become a popular message that there is no Satan you know listen you, you, folks, we establish that okay there's three areas of conflict there's there is the enemy. The second area uh, we won 't talk about it in this meeting, but is the world. How many know when I say the world i 'm not talking about planet earth with lakes and mountains and river streams and oceans i 'm talking about The world in its purest of connotations in the original watch this in the Aramaic when we when he talks about the world it says listen we're we're in the world but we're not of the world and the old uh, word for world is worldliness would actually what that really translates is watch this mindsets that are in opposition to God you know anybody who has a mindset who's in opposition to God yes it seems to be a growing number these days you know listen you don't go up and shoot up uh, a 30 children in a school uh, like up here in Newtown, Connecticut, if you recall. It wasn't that long ago. That's why we had to maglock all our doors here. I've had people come to the door. sit said probably once a week, it's like Fort Knox around here. Yeah, it is, rightfully so. You want to be safe or unsafe? Why? Because that's worldliness. That's a demonic influence, a demonic force, a spirit that our flesh and our spirit will battle against. Okay, so you see the area when I say you're in a war, whether you, want a real, whether you want to pretend you live under a mushroom or everything is just perfect all the time. Folks, Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble. But I've overcome the world. That means demonic mindsets, okay? So it's not the earth. It's not the physical you know, globe. This is a beautiful place. It's, those are mindsets of people who are in opposition to God and the people of God. And then here's the one I want to focus in on this morning. I want to put right in our crosshairs, and it's this one. Our, actually, the theological term is our fleshly nature. How many know that we're still, still an old man that wants to rear his ugly head every once in a while? Is there any real people here, or are you, are you falling asleep? The old man and the new you. The Bible says we're to walk in the Spirit, and when we walk in the Spirit... We will not gratify, watch this, the sinful desires of the human flesh. Amen? And so, uh, you know, sometimes we blame the devil, and sometimes we even blame God, when how many know most of the time it's neither one of those two, it's the person in the mirror. Can you say amen? I'm here to help you today. I believe this will help you. You know, some, some people I've met, I, I, they act like they're the 13th apostle waiting to happen. <laughs> Okay, think about your flesh. If you don't wash your flesh, you know, every 24 hours, you can't even stand to be around your own self. Can you imagine what it's like in the presence of God? It's a good place for a mic drop right there. Okay, you think about it, folks. We blame the devil. Did you know the great apostle Paul? This is a man that wrote multiple books in your Bible in the New Testament. Let's look at what he had to say. Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. He said, I don't really understand myself. (laughs) You ever been there? You ever get mad at your own self for doing something you knew you shouldn't have done? Come on. There you are. There's a few honest people here today. I'll preach to the half dozen you. Okay. Praise God. Paul, listen. You think Paul, let me ask you this question. You think Paul was maybe a little more spiritual than you? Yeah. It's like Jesus, Paul. Okay. And then millions of people. I don't see anybody that was the, like the great apostle Paul today. I just really don't. Can I just be honest with you? I believe in apostles, but hear what I'm saying. He was a pretty spiritual guy. You know, how many know God would never have entrusted him to write two-thirds of the New Testament that you're holding in your lap, or maybe it's on your phone today, if he wasn't walking close before the Lord? He was literally hearing directly from God, and he penned the Bible that we're reading the Scripture. And he he has a personal moment, and this is what he said. It's a snapshot, if you will, into his life. He says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but guess what, comma, I don't do it. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. I many know sometimes you need to go to the gym, but, you know, you'd rather sit there in bed, okay? He said, I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever do something that you hated yourself later from? Yeah, I heard a pastor say the other day, he said, man, I, I ate, I, at one time, it's like the one time I ate a whole package of Oreo cookies late at night, after it was Thanksgiving Day, I already ate three meals on Thanksgiving, and I ate those Oreo cookies, and I felt really good. As I was eating them, I was like late-night binge food, and then I felt absolutely sick after I ate them. He said, I hated myself. That's what Paul, in essence, is saying here. He said, look at, look at what he says. He said, things I, do, I, I actually hate them. I, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Next verse, 16. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong, it is the sin living in me that does it. Now hold on a second, would you agree this man loved Jesus? Would you agree that he was a pretty legitimate believer, a follower of Christ, even to the point of death for the sake of the gospel? Okay, so he's a heavy hitter, this is no lightweight, this is no Sunday morning Christian type. This is a guy that was modeling what Christ looked like, the great apostle who planted and pastored and rose up churches, had the three missionary journeys recorded in the book of Acts. And he's saying, you know what? The things I want to do, I don't always do. And the things I hate, I don't want to do. Somehow or another, if I'm not careful, I wind up doing them anyway. This is Paul. This is the example that we're looking at today. So I am the one doing it It is sin, living in the next verse. Verse 18, Paul says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. Mm, That's a humbling statement right there. Well, that doesn't sound like preaching I hear today. He said, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. This is Paul. This is in your Bible. This is the person that we quote so many of the great verses that are in the New Testament. And so today I want to talk to you about the battle that goes on within. The man in the mirror. The woman in the mirror. That it's not God's fault. It's not the devil's fault. How many know that you and I do a pretty bang up job on our own? And in the book, if you're reading along with this, he calls it being held hostage to the version of yourself that you don't want to be. You know. What is it for you? What weakness do you have? Because we all have different weaknesses. If you don't, I'll just go ahead on record and say, I have some weaknesses in my life. I know you guys are got uh, halos and angel wings, and, and uh, every day is a Friday for you. But, but for me, I've got some growing to do. Is there any real people here? All right. I don't see anybody that has been raptured out of here yet. Okay. So we live in a real world. Some people... Listen, and, and, and I understand there's a lot of different ways, but just hear me. Some people battle with depression. Don't raise your hand, but how many know depression is a real thing? People battle with this thing, man. It's a battle of the flesh. It's the war going on within us. Okay, how about anxiety? How many know that's another one people wrestle with? Anxiety. They get anxious. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do if this doesn't? If this bill doesn't get paid, what am I going to do if they don't show up? And you know, this is what happened last time. And oh my gosh, and we wake up with heart palpitations sometimes soaking wet in the middle of the night because we have anxiety. That's a battle within. It's not of God. The devil can use those things, but I'm telling you, your flesh. You're at war within yourself whether you want to admit it or not. How about the numbing of the mind? We numb ourselves with all kinds of things. Some people it's medications, over-the-counter uh, you know, prescription drugs. And then when prescription drugs run out, then we go to illicit street drugs. You ever know anybody like that? Okay, that's a battle within. That's what we're talking about today, a battle within. Some people it's overeating. We find ourselves like that guy that ate the you know, package of Oreo cookies. We're, we're standing in the kitchen at 1130 at night and we should be in bed and we're eating. We're not even hungry, but we're trying to self-medicate the pain. We're trying to stuff down or numb down the pain that is going on in our life. Does this sound vaguely familiar to anybody here? Of course. And so it's a battle that goes on within. The great apostle Paul said it also over in Galatians 5.17. He said, the spirit and the flesh wage war against one another. It's like a tug of war. And there's a red ribbon in the middle that represents the soul. The soul is the decision maker. The soul is the mind, the will, the intellect, and the emotions. And so there's this battle that wages a war within ourselves. Can you say amen? Amen. And it's just interesting to me. Did you know that out of 100 people that get a prescription from a doctor for, you know, a medication, RX, like something, you know, they go to a doctor, they got a, you know, whatever it is. This, I found this interesting. You take 100 people, listen, a third of those 100 people never get the prescription filled. Isn't that interesting? I was like, now, wait a minute. Obviously, there was something wrong with you. You went to the doctor. Maybe you had a, a I don't know, Poop and cough or <laughs> I don't know, something, you know, some kind of infection of sorts, something going on in your body. And we pray and we believe God and God divinely heals. But folks, a third of those people get the prescription and never get it filled. Okay? And now watch this. Out of 67 people remaining, do you know how many of those people actually follow the prescription as it should be on the bottle? Cheryl's lap and she's a nurse. What happens? Well, listen. Half of those 67 people don't follow the prescription. Don't either they don't take it at correct intervals or they take a few pills, they feel better and like, "Ah, I don't need that anymore." You know anybody like that? Then they end up coming back with an infection that's twice as bad. But there is one exception to this rule. I just learned this this week. This has been blowing me away. There is one exception to this rule. Are you ready? Here's the exception. It's when a prescription, the RX, comes from a vet for your pet. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. What does that say about self-loathing? It says, loved ones, we treat our pets better than we treat ourselves sometimes. We used to have two pets. One has gone home to be with Jesus, and I'll never get another one. I promise you, I won't. I'm not going to be that guy. And then we have one left who is a demonic cat sent straight from the pits of hell, anointed by hell to torment me in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I declare war. <laughs> If you join a small group, there's a declaration in the very first chapter, I declare war, where you sign a covenant and you tell people, I declare war against the weakness that I possess inside of myself. Amen. You know, in the book, he talks about one of my favorite presidents, too, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, my grandfather, my father's father, when he died, I was with him. The day that he died, and they let me in the room there by myself. I was just a little kid. It was many years ago. And I remember asking him a couple of questions. And, you know, he, when somebody's in their final things, they kind of fade in and out. But he said to me, I said, Grandpa, who's your favorite president? i never forget this. He said, Teddy Roosevelt. And so I started reading about Teddy Roosevelt. And it's ironic that it came up in this study, too. And, and uh, again, if, you, if you're in a small group, you join a group, you'll learn more about this. It'll really help you winning the battle within. Teddy Roosevelt was elected as one of the youngest presidents in our nation's history. Teddy Roosevelt was the first president that ever uh, had a telephone in his home home He rode in, he was the first president ever riding an automobile to drive a car first president ever flying an aircraft an airplane first president ever going a submarine he he uh, when he was since he was a kid he had Chronic bronchial asthma, and he was kind of like a 90 pound weakling of sorts when he was a child, and he was kind of the, the least likely to be chosen for the running of president, kind of like David last week when we talked about David was least likely to be anointed as king and uh, Teddy Roosevelt, he, uh, you know he grew up wanting to be like a, a military guy, he wanted to be a you know g i roosevelt and and, and he actually when he became president uh, he fought a great battle in the spanish-american war if you know your history books and and they went to cuba and uh... he formed a group called the rough riders and he was leading the charge can you imagine on horseback our president of the united states pretty impressive right A pretty tough guy a john wayne of sorts in real life and uh... the history tells us that he crossed when they got to cuba and they got off the the boat with all those horses and all their men he had a they had their own uniforms He was wearing like a sombrero with a bandana behind it. He literally crossed over a barbed wire with the horse. And he said, when I crossed over, you can read this about his autobiography. He said, when I crossed over the barbed wire, I felt like a spirit of wolf come on me. You know, how many know when you're about to do something great and you cross over the line, something powerful will come on you. We call it the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? The anointing of God is what makes the difference. And Teddy Roosevelt said, and history tells us he started charging up the hill, that that one of the spectacles literally was shot right out of his eye. It never touched his eye. That's how close the bullets were flying by him. And he said he he felt such a power come on him. I want to say to you that when you cross the line, and you know God is with you, and you're doing what God's called you to do, although there may be battles, how many ultimately, as we sang just a few minutes ago, God will win the war? I said, God will win the war. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands this morning? Let God know that you mean business and you're serious in your walk with him. Amen. Amen. He went down in history and he said, July 1st, 1898, when they won the battle, that day at San Juan Hill in Cuba, he crossed the line. He said, it was the greatest day of my life. Teddy Roosevelt, by the way, when he was one time going to a speech, he only lived to be age 60, and the vice president said that he died in his sleep because Teddy Roosevelt was such a fighter that that's the only way that they could have taken him in his sleep. Because if he was on his feet, he would have never lost. One time he was shot right in the chest on his way to a stump speech on horseback. Knocked him off the horse. There's a picture, you can look it up on, on uh, you can Google image anything, but there's a picture of his actual shirt that's all bloodstained. And he knocked him off the horse. They came to him. They wanted to take him to the hospital. You know how tough of a guy he was? He said, absolutely not. I'm not going to the hospital. I'm going to my speech. He went to his speech, stump speech, and he spoke intently for 90 straight minutes. And then they took him to the hospital. You know what saved him from dying, that bullet? Was that he had his speech inside of his jacket. If you read between the lines, I'm trying to tell you today that the word of God will protect us even through the fiery darts of the enemy. Praise God. I said praise God. Amen. Here's your points for those of you that have to have points and you write it down. Here it is. Number one, you can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. You can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. It's called the battlefield of the mind. How many of you have that book, The Battlefield of the Mind by Dr. Joyce Meyer? Some gripping stuff right there. Some classic insight to the war, the things I'm speaking about today in 2019. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said there's nothing new that's under the sun. And so I'm reminding you that it all starts with a thought. You've got to take control of your thoughts. Negative thoughts can't not lead you to a positive life. Colossians 3 1 says it like this If you then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at that, the right hand of God. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. How many of you know that your thoughts can either elevate you or drag you down? And he says, Do not be conform, Romans twelve, two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. If you want to live right, how many know you've got to think right? I said you've got to think right. If you want to live right in this world down here before God calls you home, you've got to, it all starts here, folks. You've got to think the right things. For some of us, we've got to get the word of, of God not only in our heart, it's got to get into our mind, and we've got to start to speak it over our life. Can you say amen? I was talking to Gretchen back there, and she said to me, "Mice, i got to tell you this, Pastor, because I, I watched your post, and her son Noah is playing college football. I mean, big, tall, handsome guy, he's got that uniform on, you know. And uh, she was saying, right, he was playing. I mean, he, you know, he's a starting guy. So he was going to line up, you know, like they're doing football. And he, she said this guy across from him that he's about to, like, go up against the rest of the game, line of scrimmage, was like, what, 300 and some pounds? four times the size of Noah in mom's eyes. I mean, the Bible said we're like grasshoppers in our own eyes, okay? So we just take that out of Numbers 13. But the thing is, he, and what did he say? He said, God, hear that? Her son said, when he went to square off against this guy's four times the size on the line of scrimmage at college football. He said, Lord, you're gonna have to help me. And the power of God come on him. And she said he knocked him on his rear, rear end a couple times. Amen? Praise God. How many know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me by the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Listen, God will give you supernatural power. It's not just for Sunday morning. It's not just to clap your hands and say amen. This is for you to live your life by out there. If you believe that, now clap your hands and say amen. Now clap your hands and say praise God. I believe that whatever I'm facing, including the battle within, I declare war on it and I will win this battle. I'll win it in Jesus' name. You have the ability to think with the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. It's up to you. It's up to me to utilize that. Or you could think with the fleshly nature and live a defeated life. That's just what the enemy wants for you. You can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. Stinking thinking. Selfish, narcissistic, trains of thought. You know, what, what train is your thoughts going on? Are they going on thoughts of blessing or thoughts of cursing? Thoughts of God or thoughts for harm? Is it a destiny of depression? Are you arriving at anxiety? That's why they call it a train of thought. My wife's grandfather used to, every once in a while, say, You made me lose my train of thought. You know why? Because it is. It's a train of thought. And your mind can be trained to think the right things. Man, let me say this to you. It's point number two. Whatever you look for, you'll find, including God. When you search for me, then you'll find me. Search for me with all your heart. Amen? Whatever you're, you're going to look for is what you're going to find. Listen, you can't stop the thoughts that pop in your head, but you do make a decision whether to hang on to them or not. Amen? Stanford professor, uh, let me read this to you. Arnold Zwicky called it the frequency illusion. You ever hear of this? Frequency illusion. This is coming out of Stanford University. He said, once you've noticed the phenomenon, you think it happens a whole lot more than it actually does. And for some people, they think it even happens all the time, all the time. That's why psychology 101, they always say, never say the word never and always. Why? Because you're training your mind to think in a pattern that's not healthy for you. It's actual fact. Spiritual, non-spiritual, believe in God, don't believe in God. You take this and apply it, it'll help you. You cast it down, then you walk out the same way you came in here. The choice is up to you, my friend. Listen to what he says. There's two parts of it. It's called selective attention and confirmation bias. So, in other words, let me let me let me try to help you with this. How does this look like? In our, if you bought, say you were going to buy a truck, right? Like a, I don't know, F-150 or a Toyota Tacoma, off your brother. You ever buy a vehicle from a family member? Don't do it, because when you do, you'll notice everything that's wrong with it, and you'll blame the person for it. Like, if they knew it was like this, right? Yeah, don't do that. It's not smart. I'm trying to help you here. It's practical. How many know the word is very practical? So what happens is you're going to buy this truck. Let's just say it's a Toyota Tacoma. Well, what do you do? You start searching Toyota Tacoma. You start seeing how much they're going for, Toyota Tacoma. You know, what color. Today, you got all this on your phone. You got Kelly Blue Book, KBB. You've got what Carfax. You got all these things, right? All these cars are us sites. You know what are they going for? How much are they selling for? And then guess what? You finally get to that day, like okay, we'll buy it. You negotiate. You come to terms of agreement. You sign. You know the title gets signed over. You have a bill of sale. You you know go to AAA. They charge you like a million dollars. No, I'm just kidding. They charge you the state tax every single time. Wait a minute. I thought I paid it the first time. Uh, anyway, they charge you all these these fees and and it's like a payment in itself. But you walk out of there with that truck, that beautiful Toyota Tacoma, and you start driving that Tacoma around, you're feeling pretty good. How, how many know what happens? You start to see Toyota Tacomas everywhere. Actual fact. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he's saying. In fancy words, this is what he's actually saying. Let me ask you a question. Was there more Toyota Tacomas before you bought that vehicle? No. See, you just realize there are more. Why? The power focus. And, and you pat yourself on the back. You say, "Oh boy, <laughs> yes, Master, I'll go get more." You know? you feel really good about this. You feel really good. You know, rightfully so. It's a good thing. You made a good, de- honey. We made a good decision. That was a good deal. We bought it for less than what everybody else wanted. You know the thing. And so we feel really good. Let me show you how this also works on the negative. Are you ready? I'm not being negative. I'm just trying to help you to get into the mind of Christ. When people have weaknesses, as we all do, when people have shortcomings, as we all do, I don't see anybody again with angel wings and a halo just waiting to ascend to heaven here. You know, you know. So we have areas of struggle. Would you agree with the word? We wrestle not, okay, but we still wrestle. And so here's how it works in everyday life. If you have a weakness and you think people are talking about you, or you think that you don't get invited to any parties anywhere, and the people that you work with on your job, they're just so mean to you, the more you think about it and the more you talk about it, the more you're going to see the more Toyota Tacoma's. And you're going to come over and say, hey, you know what? They're talking about me again. I, I, they're over there conspiring. Or what they say about you is going to bother What they don't say to you is going to bother you. You're going to be bothered all the time. And you're literally playing the card that the enemy has dealt you. In your mind. Not in reality. In your mind. Because you get what you focus on. You get what you focus on. And what we ought to do as children of God, people of faith, we have such an advantage what we should do is focus on the right things. We can say, you know what, look at that person right there. They're being charitable, they're doing something good for this community, praise God, I'm part of that church. You see how it works? Look at that person, they're leading somebody to Jesus. Look at that person, they invited them in, they opened up their home, did a small group and they're having fellowship and praying. You get what you focus on. We all know people, folks. We do it ourselves, the man in the mirror. We have a weakness, and if we're not careful, I'm I'm just, loved ones, I'm telling you this because I want to help you here today. I've seen that, trust me, I know this like the back of my hand. I've I've been in this my whole life. We didn't build this church because we didn't have a clue what we're doing. Please. We're quick to judge people. We get on social media, and we start scrolling, And and then you see somebody on a vacation when you know, wait a minute, why are they on vacation? Those people are in debt, and you judge them. Oh man, I struck a nerve for some people here. Maybe I ought to just quit, Lord. No, he said, go ahead. So fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> I just see people. It's 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 a shame how the enemy plays into our weaknesses. I've, saw, I've seen people that like they think that people are mad, like, and let's just say it could be anywhere. It don't have to be a church, but it could be a church, it could be a school, it could be work. And what happens is, again, we start thinking more and more, those people, they don't, I heard some bad things about that church. Yeah, I heard that all they want is your money. That's what I heard. Yeah, they, I heard, here's, let me just tell you a rumor from hell. Can I, is this okay? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Here's a rumor from hell. You've all heard this, 90% of people. You know why? Because hell has done a masterful job on your mind. You want the truth? I'll give you the truth. I, it's come back to me a thousand times. Since we built the church. And it's actually, and I hate to say this, I'm just, Lord, help me here. It's actually been communicated from pulpits by Catholic priests about this house. What in the world are they trying to gain? Obviously, whatever they're doing is not working too good. Could it be your focus? You go to that church, they're going to make you show your W-2 form. (laughs) I don't even know what my W-2 form says, okay? (laughs) Can I just be honest with you? I don't know. How many of you, honestly, you've heard that? Of course, yeah. They're going to make you give 20%. You go, really? Can I just tell you, I don't know who gives what here. In fact, I don't even want to know. I can tell you what, I know who's blessed. And I know this house is blessed. Just look around, folks. Look what the Lord has done here. Can you say praise God? Amen. It's your focus, sir. It's what you focus on. It's your mind. It's what you're allowing your focus to become. And watch. Now, if you come in there with that reservation, now this would be this place. The next place could be something else for you. Amen? And people come in, and they got all these reservations, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, a family comes in, and I'll just say, you know, John Doe and his three, four kids come in, and he's all about no, honey, we got to get to the house of God. We got to go to church. I mean, my God. I know my grandma used to pray. She'd say, go to church and, you know, make it happen." And then you fight all the cultural stuff you're fighting. You're fighting the sports. You're fighting the football gods. You're fighting all the other things that have crowded our calendars now that are seemingly so much more important than being in the house of God. And when you come in, one person has got a weakness in that area, and somebody polluted their spirit by them latching on to truth it's like again numbers 13 whose report do you believe whose report do you believe or the lord amen and you come in and and, i don't know why i'm just saying this i'm just gonna go what god's saying i mean maybe some people need to hear this i don't know i haven't even ever even touched on this topic but i'm gonna go there because i feel the unction and the leading of the holy spirit to do so and they come in here here's john doe his three four kids and his wife john Doe's all about it the kids are all about it they come in And the wife literally hears the word money once. You see? I told you. Sound familiar? You know, then somebody, you know, gets up, pastor gets up there, you know. (laughs) know, I got a big bullseye right here. I've got hit with every arsenal you can imagine. It's okay, I still got my armor on. And you should have yours on too. It's called Ephesians chapter six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every high thing and everything that exalts itself against the name of Jesus. And so pastor comes over, it could be me, it could be anybody, comes over and says, praise God, God has blessed us so much, you know, uh, and, you know in just a minute we're going to give. You see, I heard it again. Why? Because your focus is there. Your focus is in the wrong place. How about giving a testimony and saying, look what the Lord has done. My God, how about reading your Bible? How about starting to know what the Word actually says? And then you won't be so offended by every little wind of doctrine that comes your way. Come on, somebody. You can have what you think on long before you even speak it. It's called the battlefield of the mind. What you look for is going to be what you get. Again, if I look for good things, I'm going to find it every time. If I'm looking for something wrong, I'll always find something wrong. Come on always, always going to find something wrong. If I come in and say, you know what? I just, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe we ought to go somewhere else. And then you go over to another church. Like, oh my gosh, let me tell you, this church over here, they got the greatest kids program. You guys, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to text. You need to all come over to this church. Their, their kids program is amazing. You know, I'm watching. You have a weakness to be offended, okay? I'm just saying, like, not everybody does what some people do. Today, it seems to be a growing number. Mic drop right there. Is it me, or, is it, or are we living in a culture that everybody's offended by everything? My God, I was like, I, the other day, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I put a celebration of our life was going, something was going on, and somebody sends me a sad emoji and says, well, I just, I'm just awful sad that I wasn't invited. Right then and there, I was going to say, I quit. Put a fork in social media. Boom, right there, it's dead. Really? You're going to get a, you're going to send me a sad face emoji? What do you want me to invite the whole church? It's a personal family gathering, okay? Give me a break. But it's what you focus on. So they go to that church, and they're like, oh, man, this is just the greatest thing in the world. you got to come over, and before you know it, it's just a matter of time before something lights your fuse over there, too. Oh, come on. Well, you know what? I heard the pastor's wife, she doesn't really raise her hands. She's a, she must not be spiritual. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, don't get me started here, Lord. (laughs) She's very stoic. Yeah, you ought to thank God she's stoic because she's thinking about and praying internally that there are people that need to be ministered to in this house. And we want to make sure that we cross off the list of God before we leave here. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It's the Church of America, it's a modern day picture of the Church of America. But you look for, it, you'll find. I'm almost done. Is this okay this morning? I'm just sharing from my heart for you folks. Look, I'm tired of seeing the devil have a field day with people's mind. I really am. As your pastor, trust me. I've I've pastored literally thousands of people in my lifetime. I, I know what I'm saying here. You know, there's things you can tell me that I would never know. I I don't know, you know, things you know. I don't know things about your business. We have different gifts. I know. What I'm saying through the word of God here, your mind is a battlefield, it's incredibly powerful. And the good news is you get to use it for good or for bad, to help yourself or to be self-destructing behavior and behavioral ways. And so the anointing makes the difference. And I've had I, you know I've had people say, That's just what I told you. That's just the story of my life. <laughs> Some of you how many of you ever heard from somebody that? <laughs> just the story of my life let me say this to you no it's the story you're choosing to write about your life it's the story you're choosing to write about your life and you get to choose choose you this day whom you will serve as for me and my family we will serve the Lord just like Joshua last point today Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 Paul said here's the antidote think on these things True, pure, holy, praiseworthy of a good report. That's a word to be thinking on. Amen? And so faith-filled thinking is a natural response to what God has done. Amen? There it is. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, pure. How's your thoughts? Are they pure? This water is pure. If I drink it, Deer Park water, natural spring water. If I drink it, it's good for me. Watch this. If this was mud water, like out of one of those rivers in Africa where we we baptize people over there, and it's their culture, so it's okay, it doesn't bother. But if I was to drink this and it was mud water, how many know I, I get very, very sick? It's exactly the way a person's thoughts are in their mind. I'm just trying to get this across before I close either think on pure or you think on unholy things. Can I, I just tell you this worship team, come back. I, last Saturday night, folks, so can I say this? I've never been depressed, and I'm not touting that. It's just that's not an area that I struggle with. I've always been a pretty positive person, and I know there's clinical depression. There's 12. I understand that. But last Saturday night, I had something come over me. Folks, you know what it was? I didn't discern it in, in the beginning or it would have been gone quicker. You know what it was? It was called the spirit of heaviness. Have you ever battled the spirit of heaviness? The spirit of heaviness comes on you. And it starts to have this pull on your spirituality, on your being. You ever been there? You ever had that come on you? And, And even like if you're not careful, you'll start. Tears will just start flowing. And I'm not talking about tears of joy. I'm talking about a heaviness. That's why when Brother Ted was here, prophet, what did he say? Don't cry. Don't cry. Stop that crying. Okay? I'm not talking about worship. I'm not talking about the anointing. The anointing makes it. I'm talking about, listen, here's what it's like. How many of you haven't know what an IMAX is? Well, we, there's one right here, two miles from here. Regal theater right here in Dixon City IMAX it's a big giant like three story screen sometimes they show 3D stuff we put the glasses on here's what we do you and I both are you ready we sit down in, this, in the seat at the theater of our life and we turn on that big screen and we watch ourselves on it we all do this we all do it Mark we all do it we, 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 we watch ourselves and if we're not careful, we start to if we're not careful, we start to focus on things that don't help us any. In fact, they'll harm us if we if we meditate on them. Right? And so, but yet what we have is we have the ability, it's like a remote control. It's called self control. It's number seven of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Self control gives us the ability, the propensity to not focus on the bad things. I'm not going to tell you what I was focusing on, but it, it wasn't good. It was it just people, people stuff, you know? The Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. The higher you go up, the more criticism you're going to deal with. And if you complain about it, God will just leave you on that tread instead of moving you to the next one. Does this make sense to anybody? And I literally, I, 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 I never felt such a heaviness come on me last Saturday night. First, I thought it was because I missed my wife. I was like, you know, I really miss my wife and I was getting ticked off that, I, that I've relied on her this many years for this long, amen? I mean, you know, eating Chinese food every night is not exactly healthy. Thank God for my daughter-in-law's, okay? You hear what I'm saying? But uh, it wasn't that, it wasn't that. It was a heaviness that came in my home. So the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why do you think I said that? Because when you start to praise God, and I just start praying in the Holy Ghost. I start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about in church in front of a bunch of people. This does not count as much as what I'm doing when nobody's watching. And it's the same for you too, sir. So I start praying in the Holy Ghost. And man, I'm like, I'm t- I didn't even want to get up. I was laying right down in a dark room, which is not good. And I started praying and praying and praying in the Holy Ghost. And the more I prayed in the Holy Ghost, I started to praise God. Before I know it, watched this. It was just like weight started lifting off me. And literally I felt like my spirit man come back up. And I was like, devil. Gloves are coming off. I declare war against you. Get out of my house. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, the Bible said God will condemn anyway. So if God is for me, who can be against me? And if you believe that, why don't you stand to your feet and give God a mighty, thunderous ovation of praise? Come on. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, Take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you. God loves you. And may God's richest blessing be yours.